Welcome to the NBA Front Office Show, bringing you inside rumors and transactions around the league with your hosts, Keith Smith and Trevor Lane. Brought to you by LakersNation.com and CLNS Media. Hey, everybody. We are back. Back from Las Vegas. Time for the front office show again. Somehow we survived. We survived the Las Vegas heat. Managed to get through a lot of, well, honestly, some bad basketball in Las Vegas at Summer League, but a lot of fun basketball. Great time there. Great prospects that we got to see. And uh, and finally, we get to go back to breaking down NBA teams. So this is going to be a great time with me as always, Keith Smith. Keith, so glad that you survived Summer League, especially getting through that that toothache and everything. Oh my gosh, man, that thing was just brutal. I'm so glad that's over and done with. And, and I'm home here. I've seen my dentist here at home. We've got things moving in the right direction on that front. But yeah, it's a, uh, you know, it's uh, nothing like a week in Las Vegas makes you appreciate home. So I am uh, glad to be back home. And, um, you know, I'm glad now things have finally maybe settled down a little bit. Yep. And, you know, can really start diving into what I think about these teams and uh, really starting to dissect it. And, and prepping is, you know, before we know it, it's two months away that training camps will open. So we're we're almost there. So I'm excited to get into this with you because it's it's sometimes you get lost in your own thoughts. So I, I can't wait to hear what you think on these teams. Yeah, absolutely. This is going to be a blast and to, to fill everyone in on what exactly we're doing here. So the last couple of weeks, we've been diving into each conference. So like our last show, we talked about the Western Conference and then who who we thought had made nice moves. And we went team by team and we kind of broke things down in quick, like three to five minute little segments well now we're going to dig a little bit deeper and we're going to find out what is really going to really make some of these teams tick we're going to do one eastern conference team and one western conference team and keith has put together an amazing randomizer that that gives us something by surprise each week we find out who it is we're kicking things off today with the philadelphia 76ers and golden state warriors and then at the end of the show today we're actually going to hit the randomizer again and find out who our two teams are going to be for next week's show. So pretty excited. I think we got two great teams to break down this week. So thank you to the randomizer for that one. Great <laughs> teams to kick it off with. Uh, but before we dive into it, quick shout out to our sponsor, betonline.ag. All you have to do is head over to clnsmedia.com slash NBAFO. That's how they know that you came from us. And then punch in the promo code CLNS50 and you get a 50% bonus on your first deposit. So we're going to dive into it. First team up is the Philadelphia 76ers. Keith, I think this is going to be, well, I mean, not to not to spoil anything, but perhaps the best team in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think they are definitely going to be much improved. So, so just for a little bit of structure with the show, we're going to go through basically the same kind of details on each thing, and then we'll dive into some discussion. So what we'll start off with is who did they lose? Who did they add? So who they lost? Jimmy Butler. Haywood Highsmith was one of their two-way players. Amir Johnson, Furkan Korkmaz, Boban Marjanovic, uh, TJ McConnell, Greg Monroe, J.J. Redick, and Jonathan Simmons. So obviously the bigger losses there, Butler and Redick, everybody right. else a role player at best. And then who they added, Al Horford, the big free agent signing, Raul Neto, Kylo Quinn, Josh Richardson. He came over via the Butler sign-and-trade. Matisse Thibel, who they drafted in the draft. They converted Shake Milton from a two-way contract to a standard deal. They are two-way players. They've signed both and filled both of those spots with Norval Pell and Mary Alshayak. Um, and then Ben Simmons, not an addition, but he did get the full max deal uh, extension with that. That doesn't kick in until next year, but I mm -hmm. want to make sure we talk about it. And a couple things with that. No player option on that deal. And then it has language where if he makes all NBA first team, it'll bump up to the 30% max from the 25% tier. And if he makes second team, it comes down just a little bit. If he makes third team comes down just a little bit off of that. So a good creative contract there to balance as far as their cap goes for these guys. They are, let me pull it up there. I mean, they're over the cap. They're, they're capped out. And Completely capped yeah. out, and then they use their uh, room exception to re-sign Mike Scott, mm -hmm. who is coming back to them. So, so not nothing left but minimums. They really have uh, 
uh, two roster spots left um, on the standard standard. They do have Chris Kamaji, seven foot four guy who I know we both saw out in Las Vegas mm-hmm. from Florida State. He is going to come in and um, but he's on an exhibit 10. So that's kind of a training camp deal. So a couple roster spots to still play with there. But those will be minimum signings at best for Philadelphia. My guess is is a shooter. So what I want to kick to you, Trevor, Starting five, what do you expect it to be? And then how do you think they fill out the rest of the rotation? So, yeah, I mean, I think that the starting five for the Philadelphia 76ers is is pretty well set in stone. I mean, there's no real question marks here. There's a lot of teams we're going to be talking about where we can say, oh, well, you know, there's going to be a battle for this spot or that spot. Yeah. The Sixers are pretty much set. And I mean, really, if you just look at their salaries, that tells you who their, <laughs> their starters are going to be. You're going to have Ben Simmons at point guard, Josh Richardson at the two, uh, Tobias Harris at the three, Al Horford at the four. Um, even though I think we will see him a little bit at the five as well. And uh, and Joel Embiid, of course, starting at center. And that's that's a heck of a starting five. I mean, I, look, it's not often that you see a team lose a star like Jimmy Butler and rebound the way that they have in, in creating a team that I think actually could be better than last year's squad, even though they lost Jimmy Butler. So really impressive stuff from them on that front. But like you mentioned, you probably need some shooting here and so uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see them target a shooter with the last last uh, roster spot either yeah they were trying to get Kyle Corver they were making big big plays yeah. for him and in ultimate came down to Corver liked Philadelphia he liked Milwaukee just a greater comfort level with Mike Budenholzer who once built an entire offense around Kyle Corver's uh shooting and skill set in Atlanta so you know so that's where Corver headed off to Milwaukee we'll get into that one deeper so mm-hmm. yeah I would my guess is they might even leave one of those final two roster spots open into the season and like just continue to chase shooting. It wouldn't surprise me. Maybe Korkmaz has an agreement to go back overseas, I believe back to Turkey to play, but he has, um, it's not signed because he's still seeing about an NBA deal. And if he can get that, then I think he will, will return, uh, to, to Philadelphia potentially. Cause he, you know, if there's one thing he can do, it is shoot the ball. Right. So I think they're going to be a team that, that, you know, that'll be the chase, you know, probably for the entirety of the season, but that's starting five really, really good. I think what, helps them a lot too this year is josh richardson is a guy who can credibly guard opposing Mm -hmm. point guards and they didn't have that last year and that kind of caused them some troubles that's part of the reason boston had success against them because they didn't really have anybody who could cover kyrie irving at times so that was really hard uh for them and then you know they had some struggles with kyle lowry at points in the playoffs as well so you know big you mentioned horford being there and playing the five i think you're absolutely right i don't think he or Embiid. i'm putting kind of my max limit at about 65 games each right for them and i think you'll see them um you know probably only share the floor together about you know what's that probably going to be about 50 to 60 times max and then those guys will um you know, kind of spell each other. So I think yeah. Horford will see plenty of time. And I think that's the best for both of them. You know, it keeps a beat healthy and fresh, keeps Horford healthy and fresh. You know, they're at different stages in their career and they they don't have a, have a great backup. I like Kylo Quinn, but you know, Kyle Quinn's a, you know, kind of guy who I, I always like him more than them. What he ends up being. And as far as that bench goes right now, James Ennis, Mike Scott, Neto, O'Quinn, and then I think Zaire Smith and Thibel, the two young guys, mm-hmm. battle it out for that last rotation spot. They both looked pretty good at Summer League. I thought Smith you know, looked really, really comfortable after he had that kind of host of injuries last year that he battled. And then, you know, Thibel, it's going to be a little bit of an adjustment, but his defense can put him in an NBA rotation right away. Well, and that's something I want to talk about is the, the defensive potential of this team. I think that yeah. look, the, the shooting on the offensive end could be an issue. You look at their starting five that we've got laid out here, and pretty much everybody can shoot but there's nobody that you're all that worried about shooting yeah. there's nobody that you just think my god we can't let this guy pop open because if they do it's a it's a it's a three getting yeah. like jj reddick obviously being gone is gonna is gonna hurt them in that regard they all can shoot it i think josh richardson's uh numbers are gonna come up because he's gonna get way more open looks than he was seeing with the miami heat but the other end of the ball is where they just might make up for it and i think that they actually can make up for it and that's their defense you look at this just the starting five I mean, that's aside from Embiid, that starting five is incredibly switchable. And Al Horford is so smart out there 
that I think that he's going to be able to do some good things for them on that end, just in terms of keeping the team structure sound. He's, he's going to be good there. And then you've got, uh, you've got Tobias Harris, Josh, Josh Richardson and Ben Simmons, who are all, all big guys. I mean, you've got a huge lineup here for the 76ers. That's going to be tough. I mean, if they can create turnovers and you get a guy like Simmons out in transition, you've got Joel Embiid and Horford who can both stretch the floor as trailers coming up. I think this is a team that's going to make going to be really really hard to score on um and and I haven't even mentioned Embiid sitting at the rim ready to block everything yet. Yeah, exactly. And then if when he's not in there Horford, you know, can do some things as a rim protector as well. I think what's funny is you look at this group Josh Richardson's their smallest guy at 6 foot 6 yeah. and and Harris is the weak link as the defender and he's actually a, you know, at worst, an average defender, probably even better than that. So it, it really is crazy with that. And just, you know, on the shooting, I, I've had, I've heard this repeatedly, you know, over and over again, people with Josh Richardson's a good shooter and he's not bad, 37% for his career. And he shot, uh, shot it at about 36 last year. Yeah. But the challenge is he's not Redick. You're not going right. to bend your defense, you know, chasing him around. He's not a guy who's going to come off screens. I think they're going to play inside out a lot more than, you know, outside in. And outside in's kind of become the game a little bit. But that's where Horford's passing, Horford's ability to step out becomes big. One thing, though, it's not as useful at the four as it is at the five because right. you can always have fours who are comfortable defending on the perimeter. So it's going to be curious to see how Brett Brown goes about that and manufactures that offense. I think, you know, I don't think, I mean, I know they would have liked to have kept JJ Redick if they could have, but there just wasn't a way to make that work. And at that point it was, you know, all right, well, how do we, how do we do this? Where do we want to go? And that, that's the, that's the challenge. So, you know, overall, you know, I, I like it. Um, you know, with that, and I think they've got a good, deep team that they're really going to, you know, do some things with. Um, over-under for this team. And all the over-unders, courtesy of our sponsor, Bet Bet-Online, um, that's, that's we, we uh, when you're in the media, they, they very helpfully will send along all their, you know, tidbits to you and all their, their lines and over-unders and those kind of things. So uh, last I had seen, this may not be the exact live one, but this mm-hmm. was the last one um, that I got, 53 and a half. For Philly, where what do you what do you think on that? That's a that's a pretty big number. Yeah, it is. Um, I'll tell you what, I don't love their bench. I think losing T.J. McConnell is going to hurt them uh, maybe more than we think. I think he was a big part of their their second unit. Um, so I don't love the bench that they've got, but I look at that starting five and I just see so much talent there, especially on the defensive end. Yes, the shooting is a concern. Um, I'm pretty optimistic though. Like if I if you put a gun to my head and said who's going to be the best team in the Eastern Conference, I think it's going to be the Philadelphia 76ers. There's a number of teams that could put their name in there. Of course, the Milwaukee Bucks being one of them. I mean, there's look the the East just like the West this season is a is a toss up. But I'm going to take the over on 53 and a half. I think that this is going to be a team after coming off of playoffs where they look they were a a shot bouncing around the rim and then falling one way instead of the other away from um away from possibly a finals run, right? So this is a team that is going to be coming out playing with fire, playing hungry because they know how close they were this last season. And so I, I'm going to take the over. I think that they're going to um, they're going to be able to to become what I think is going to be the best team in the East this season. Yeah, I'm also going to take the over. The last two years as they've kind of come into their own here, 51 wins last mm-hmm. year, 52 wins a year ago. And I think both of those were slightly better at the top Eastern conferences right. than this year. I think this year is a little bit weaker at the top. I'm with you. I think it's them in Milwaukee and then kind of everybody. Well, then a group of teams and then another group of teams. But I think, you know, for, for these guys, you know, I'm not going to put them quite at Milwaukee's level just yet. I think they're, they're close though, but I'll also go with the over. I think, you know, 55, 56 wins somewhere in that range. So I, I feel very comfortable picking the over for these guys. And I think, you know, they're, they're going to do, do some stuff here. I think, you know, the, the ability now, what's interesting with this team kind of looking beyond this year, they're now locked in and they are a tax team for the next couple of seasons. Um, they, they were able to avoid it this year, but next year when Simmons' big extension kicks mm-hmm. in, they won't be able to avoid that. Next, on next year's books, listen to these salaries, 
Tobias Harris, 34.4. Joel Embiid, 29.5. Al Horford, 27.5. And then that Simmons extension kicks in at 29.3. So that's, uh, yeah. <laughs> those trust are, the process. Those are some big numbers. That's <laughs> it. Yeah, right? Try, try, trust the banker. Man. Right, at this point. Um, yeah, right? And then Josh Richardson at 10, 10.8. So, and then I know we wanted to talk about Al Horford's yes. uh, contract structure a little bit because it, it is it is a little unique. So let, let's break it down year by year. You're 28 million this year. Then it goes down 500,000 each of the next two seasons. Mm-hmm. So 27.5 in the 2021 season, then 27 in the 21-22 season, and then that 22-23 season. So this is where it's interesting. The full guaranteed amount would be 26.5 million, but he's only guaranteed 14.5 million of that. And then what they did, which this is one of the more creative ways to structure a contract we've seen in a while. He has $14 million in, uh, I'm sorry, $12 million in uh, bonuses in this contract. He gets $5 million if the team gets to the NBA Finals in 2020, 2021, or mm-hmm. 2022. So any of the preceding three years. If they win the Finals in any of those three years, the contract becomes fully guaranteed. So, uh, you know, Al Horford has a vested interest right. for this team to, you know, win the finals because that's another uh, $7 million for him. So $5 million if they get there in any of those three years and then $7 million more if they win in any three, any one of those three years. So, you know, good on Philly to tie some stuff there. I thought thought yeah. that was a pretty cool um, cool contract structure. So I thought that was a, that was interesting. And if somebody asked before, like, why do you not look at the camera? My, my other screens where I have all my salary. Data. <laughs> so I have to keep looking over there. So I apologize. Look at my – that's my good side. Um, so anyway, but yeah. So what, what do you think about that contract? That, that's an interesting one. It's all good, Keith. I try to remind myself too to, to not look just at my laptop <laughs> because sometimes I'm used to just the, the podcast element of it. And I'm like, hey, I can do – I can look up salaries and all that. Yeah. And I try to I try to look at the camera as well. Um, look, the Al Horford deal is interesting. Like when it, when it first came out and the full amount was announced, I went – I get it. Like, I understand why the 76ers would want this deal, but Al Horford at 33, I don't love paying him that much money just because I think there's a little bit of a decline there. And I, I like the, that the salary declines with him most likely, but I don't know if a $500,000 drop each season is going to really still give you bang for the buck and say the third year and fourth year, obviously that non-guaranteed portion of the fourth year helps unless they wind up winning a championship. Uh, I think it was the move that they had to make bringing him in, but I think it's a move that might sting a little bit when they hit year three and they're paying the tax on that deal. Uh, I think that's going to be kind of painful, perhaps even year two, depending on how he does. I like Al Horford a lot. I think he's a nice piece. Um, I think he can be a, a major cog in a championship team. But the question is, is it going to be worth what you're paying for him and the fact that it's going into the tax? And that's where I look at what the 76ers have done this season, including the Ben Simmons uh, signing or re-signing, I should say, extension, where they they increase his salary, but you still have the same problem with him where teams are literally running away from him when he's got the ball in his hands because he refuses to shoot outside. He can't shoot. And I wonder, looking at what the Sixers are locked into right here, there's, and I'm, again, I'm very high on this team. I'm just looking at the flip side here. There's a chance that this goes poorly for the 76ers. Like, this isn't a a complete home run here. There is a flip side where things don't work out well with either the Al Horford contract or the Ben Simmons contract, depending on what the results are over these next few years. Or the reality is even the Tobias Harris deal. Yes. Yeah, you know, that's true. the biggest one on the books. And that, that one could go south as well because if he's the uh, third or fourth guy in the pecking order, now you're kind of, mm-hmm. well, geez, you know, the, the highest paid guy at nearly $40 million a year. And he's, you know, well, what is he? You know, that, that's where it gets, gets tricky. And on the Horford contract too is, I always say this, you know, it's it's like when people screamed and yelled in Boston about they they gave him a max deal you know, a few years back, like, why is this guy Mac player? Well, that's what it took to get him. Right. He wasn't leaving Atlanta or he wasn't going to pass up on the Washington offer unless it was a full max deal. So now what you're looking at on this side of things is Philly had to go to nearly a hundred million in guaranteed money to get him because Boston was right there. And as late as, you know, that same Sunday, you know, late afternoon, early evening, Celtics were trying to arrange a series of sign and trade deals to allow them to stay over the cap to then keep Horford and pay 
pay him. You know, they they were going to go to about eighty million, is what I heard. Okay, in guarantees, they, they were about twenty million a year over four years. That's where they were at. They knew that would make them a you know heavy tax team, and they but that's what they were willing to do. So now you know, we'll we'll see. I, I I'm with you. I think the thing I worry about is as he gets older, he probably needs to play the five. Yeah, more. Because I think he could become a liability at the four. You know, not this year, probably not next, but that third year, maybe that fourth year. And in that fourth year, yeah, it's only like half guaranteed, but that's still, you know, $14 million on your books. And, you know, if he's a 37-year-old guy who can't do so much, that starts to get really questionable. But, you know, we'll see. That's, that's uh, you know, I like that they tied those guarantees because if they win a title, who cares, right? That's right, the, yeah, That's exactly. the name of the game. They, they haven't won since, uh, I want to say, 1983. So, you know, so we're 35, 36 years mm-hmm. deep on this thing now. So, yeah, and then, um, you know, uh, I know we talked before the show, but the Celtics jumping up and down. Yeah, let's talk about, about that. It's, it's, here's my thing is. And you're the Lakers guy, so you'll get get. I think where I, I'm coming I from know tampering that. way too well at this point, Keith. <laughs> but, yeah, right. I know you do. But here's my thing: is everybody does it? Yep. Everybody, all 30 teams, because there's no way you reach agreement minutes after mm-hmm. free agency opens unless you were talking to people. So in this year in particular, oh, Kemba Walker just happened to be hanging out in Boston and just, you know, a full max deal with a player option was all agreed to, you know, seemingly hours ahead of the deadline. What, a whole day even, I think right. we started hearing that that was done. So I think that's stupid. The The thing is, unless you're doing what Magic Johnson did, where you're openly on television talking about how much you love a guy and can't wait to, you know, be able to talk to him and those kind of things. And winking, right? <laughs> no one cares, right? Yeah, winking, yeah. Yeah. No one cares. Just, no. just, you know, so it's this is why I do kind of wonder, like, was Boston really that mad, jumping up and down, or were they, you know, were really that angry? If they were, well, that's silly on their part, and that's dumb. And if they weren't, and, and if they weren't, well, yeah, of course they weren't, because everybody else is doing it too. So my guess is the truth lies somewhere in the middle. They were right. mad, but, you know, the reality is look you look yourselves in the mirror, because, you know, you did, obviously did the exact same thing. Yeah, that's that's what I don't get about this whole story. And again, the, the story was that the, the Celtics were mad at the 76ers for tampering with Al Horford, and they were mad that, that it looked like they were going to come to an agreement with Horford. They were going to bring him back. And um, that's why that last year of his deal was was being declined and they were going to work out something long term. And then suddenly there's this big offer out there for him when teams can't offer anything to players officially yet. Um, but again, we knew what what was it was about 24 hours ahead of free agency starting. We knew Kemba Walker was going to the Celtics. Yeah. And they yeah, how did that happen? Yeah. How did that they clearly didn't talk. Right. They were <laughs> no, they were playing by the rules. Uh, so, yeah, I don't I don't see. I don't see the Celtics doing that, like getting that mad over the Al Horford thing when they were doing the exact same thing with Kemba <laughs> yeah. Walker and the Nets were doing it with Kyrie Irving. And I mean, look, it was the entire league pretty much just ignored tampering rules this summer and did it. I mean, look, it always happens, but they were so brazen about it this year that I kind of think, look, there's there's nothing Adam Silver can really do about it, right? You can't talk, start like big brothering the entire league or anything like yep. that. It's going to happen, but... I, I just don't think I don't think there's a whole lot of truth to the Celtics being incredibly upset over what happened. Maybe they're bummed about losing Horford. That's fine, but I just don't see them being you know so mad that they would maybe launch an investigation or anything like that over tampering in that situation because they did it and everyone else did it too. Those in glass houses, right? Like, exactly. You know, uh, what is that? Those in glass houses should change your clothes on the basement. I think yeah. something along those lines. <laughs> That's um, it. You know, but it's uh, you know, yeah, it, it's also dumb. So I, I'm going to make this commitment to everybody because no one likes this conversation, unless okay. it is open, brazen, public. Yo, on the record tampering, we're not going to talk about it anymore because there's Sounds really good. no point. It's no. just it's just a dumb, wasted topic. So let's close out with Philly. Yeah. Um, we're not going to do grades because nope. grades are tough and they're kind of pointless. But we can do thumbs up, thumbs down, you know, or you know, thumb neutral, I guess, and um, you know, Roman Gladiator style here. <laughs> um, you know, so so I'll let you go first, Philly. Okay. Thumbs up or thumbs down on their off season? So Philly, I am going to go and look. I, I like teams when they're aggressive. I like teams that go for it, right? And, and they take the opportunity. I like that they that they brought back the sign and trade that we've seen a number of teams do this season, and so they figured out we're going to pay. 
We're going to do everything we can to try and win a championship right now. We're keeping the guys we like with Ben Simmons and Tobias Harris. Uh, I'm going to say, as much as I have some questions about the team, I still think they're going to be really good. I'm going to say thumbs up on Philadelphia 76ers offseason. Yeah, I'm going to go thumbs up as well. I'm going to tilt it just a little, though, because I think think the Jimmy Butler and J.J. Redick losses are very big. So I want to see they're just going to look very differently. This is a team I could see. You're going to hear me probably say this just because of the number amount of change there was in the league. I think a team... Uh, like the Orlando Magic that has really good continuity and is bringing everybody back could get off to a really quick start Mm -hmm. because they're the same team. Basically, where a team like Philly, I think it could take them a couple weeks, two, three, four weeks to really kind of get into a rhythm and a groove. I think, you know, having a full training camp for these guys, having all those guys healthy and ready to go is going to be really important. Um, I don't like guys skipping out on playing for their country in the uh, World Cup this summer, but I get it there things that got to happen with all these new guys there so it's you know it's not the end of the world so yeah thumbs up for me as well um we're going to do golden state next but before we go you want to tell everybody a little bit more about bet online yeah absolutely so uh so we're going to go again because basketball is not being played right now so we're going to push baseball at the moment now baseball season is in full swing pun intended and placing a wager on baseball has never been more exciting than with betonline.ag this week i'm watching the dodgers because lakers nation who i work for their sister site is uh is dodger blue so make sure you guys check them out and guess what because you're a loyal listener of this podcast the nba front office show and clns media we're giving you an extra 50 percent added onto your sports betting bankroll when you go to clnsmedia.com slash nbafo and use clns50 as your promo code the best part is the bonus will be added onto your balance within seconds again support our podcast by going to clnsmedia.com slash nbafo and use that code clns50 a minimum deposit of 25 dollars is required to qualify for the bonus and please see bet online's general rules for additional terms and conditions regarding bonuses all right let's talk golden state warriors the team that everybody thought was the shoe-in to win the nba title last season they got demarcus cousins and everybody pretty much just threw their hands up and said that's it no (laughs) need to watch the season because clearly they're going to win competitive balance is not a thing parody will not be happening in the nba and the sky is falling um we know it didn't work out that way the toronto raptors were able to beat a very very injured golden state warriors team and they've had a number of interesting additions and losses and and at this point the league is wide open because the golden state warriors are no longer the big bad guy in the west that that nobody can really get past it's uh i still think they're going to be good but the times they are a changing no, absolutely. Yeah, this team is going to look very different. So I'm going to run through it real quick, the guys they lost, but it's a lot of guys. Jordan Bell, Andrew Bogut, Quinn Cook, DeMarcus Cousins, uh, Marcus Derrickson, who was one of their two-way guys, Kevin Durant, Andre Iguodala, Jonas Drebko, Damian Jones, and Sean Livingston. So those guys are all gone. Many of those names, key components to you know title teams, Bogut, uh, Durant, Iguodala, um, mm-hmm. you know, even Quinn Cook to to some extent um the guys they added and brought in alec burks willie collie stein eric pascal uh jordan Poole, glenn robinson the third d'angelo russell alan smilagich and omari spellman so the warriors one of the things that they did so here's the big one right was was durant for russell mm-hmm. the double sign and trade yep. what that nobody it- saw coming that nobody saw coming. Yeah, absolutely not. Yeah. I think we all started to feel real comfortable with Durant to the Nets. Yeah. I think that started to become a reality. But then the double sign and trade um, to get Russell. I know the Minnesota Timberwolves. I had someone from the organization tell me they thought they were going to get D'Angelo Russell. And they believed they were able to line up the deals to clear the cap space. And then they got told, don't do anything yet, which credit to Russell and his camp. Right. Because we might you know, be doing something different here and that was uh you know so so again credit to them for telling them so i think that's you know good news there because that doesn't always go that way so wait they you mean they didn't go ahead and make the moves they needed to make and then not (laughs) wind up getting the guy like um gosh where did that come up recently it sounds so familiar oh marcus morris that's right sorry san antonio mess that is we'll get into that one when we talk to spurs the knicks whoever um (laughs) yeah so yeah so the warriors you know so but here's the challenge for the warriors oh actually keith let me let me ask you real quick though 
you were talking to someone from Minnesota. Do you know yeah. what the pieces that they were going to, because that was the big question. Do you happen to know the pieces yeah. they were going to move? Was it Wiggins or were they going to move a, a combination of Teague and then others? Yeah, no, I don't know. Okay. They, um, they, 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 for very clear reasons, right? They, they don't they, want to talk they about, but... about who it was. I think, and I think there is a chance, just kind of reading between the lines, I think they might have had a couple different combinations okay. on the line out there that they could have figured out, um, be off they needed to go. I, the the Teague Jang contract mm-hmm. combo there seemed to be the more more popular one that could have been on the move. Um, you know, so but but clearly it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. As an aside, you know, we don't have to get too deep into it, but I still think they should be a player for Chris Paul because I think if that team wants to be relevant and be a playoff team, which they clearly do, they're capped out for the next few years anyway because of the Towns and Wiggins deals. Um, Yeah, I would bring in Chris Paul. And if anybody can get kind of Andrew Wiggins – to be the best version of himself, I think it could be Chris Paul. But, you know, that's a whole aside. We can talk to if he hasn't been dealt when we get to the Minnesota um, one. Sounds so good. so the Warriors, on the double sign-in trade, mm-hmm. when you take a player in and sign a trade, you become hard-capped at right. the tax apron. That's a number about $6.5 or so above the luxury tax line. So for this year, that number is – 138.9 million. So call let's call it 139 million okay. um there. So the so you become hard capped. What a hard cap team means is you can't go over that number by a dollar. You can't, you know, not not by a single dollar. Um this can't even sign vet minimums, nothing. No, nothing. Yeah, there's no exceptions at work or anything when you are hard capped. You become hard capped via three ways. So obviously I mentioned you receive a player in sign and trade, and that's important. You receive a player in mm-hmm. sign and trade. Um if you use the biannual exception or if you use the non-taxpayer amount of the – or I'm sorry, the taxpayer equivalent, um, so above $5.7 million or so of the um, non-taxpayer uh, uh, mid-level exception. So if you use 5.7 of that, that's what it is. The reason for that is teams that are over the tax apron, they only get the, the taxpayer mid-level exception. Right. They get the they can't do a sign and trade. They can't take a player in a sign and trade and they lose the biannual exception. So basically it's it's to keep an even playing field there. They don't let you um, build up to be way over the tax and then still do all these other things. So that's how you become hard capped. Right. And and remember these things that are that are in here, these aren't these aren't rules coming from the NBA. This is a, this is the owners in an agreement with the the players creating this and creating these rules that are that are in place. And so this is um, it's it's artificial. You know, this is something where the owners are in a lot of ways protecting themselves from themselves because yep. you know some of them would just some of them would just spend 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 as long as they, they as much yep. as they could. Absolutely. So, so, so why, why this is important for the Warriors is we all know, right? They've been a historically expensive team mm-hmm. the last few years, especially after adding Kevin Durant. And then when you're basically swapping Kevin Durant at 30 something million for D'Angelo Russell at nearly 30 million, you're going to remain an expensive team. Now they're hard capped. They had to then work some salary cap wizardry to get around that. Part of that was they did salary dump Andre Iguodala. They traded him to the Memphis Grizzlies, who had a massive trade exception be via trading Mike Conley to the Jazz. Um, so that's how they were able to take Iguodala. But they had to pay the Grizzlies to take on Iguodala. They gave up a future first-round pick. It's only uh, very lightly protected, top four protected. Um, so that's you know tough for them. And, and if you're watching the video version of this, I'm smiling right now because we know the news right now is that the Grizzlies now want a first in exchange for Iguodala for teams exactly. that are now chasing him, which is, I mean, if they get it, I mean, two firsts for amazing for the, <laughs> for the Grizzlies if they get it. It's so great. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really kind of just silly at this point what they might pull off. Um, and then it costs them Sean uh, Livingston as well, who mm-hmm. had about $2 million on his uh, contract that was guaranteed that they had to waive. So now you're the Warriors. You're, you're, they created the wiggle room. It costs them Jordan Bell, uh, DeMarcus Cousins, Quinn Cook, all his free agents. You can question whether those guys would have been back or not anyway, but but they're all gone now. Uh, they they downgraded slightly in salary from Damian Jones to Amari Spellman in order to bring some guys in. So all these right. guys that they signed, Burks, Robinson, those guys are on um, 
one-year veteran minimum deals. Cauley Stein got just slightly above the minimum that came out of their their uh, taxpayer mid-level exception, and then they use the rest of that to give longer than usual contracts to Eric Pascal and Alan Smiley Geach, who were two of their second-round picks. Smiley Geach had played for their G League team all of last season as a G League player. Right. Um, Pascal's a guy who was borderline first round talent. A lot of teams really liked him. Um, so that's how they built this team out. So they're going to look really, really different. They've still got Steph Curry left. Clay Thompson did resign um, to they're a full max good. deal. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, terrible to have that start from. But let's remember Thompson's not going to be there right. for at least half, if not more, yeah. of the season, maybe the entirety of the season. So I think if you're the Warriors, you're really kind of looking very, very different. Uh, just their cap reset completely out of out of um uh, space here because they're only about 200 million or so under the tax apron um at this point so it's there there's just not a lot of room no. uh there for them for them to do much of anything so as we as we get into it what do you think their starting five looks like now taking obviously taking thompson out of the mix because we know he'll start right. when healthy but to start the year he's not going to be there yeah so assuming thompson isn't back till what let's say the all-star break okay let's say that he comes back around then um, I, I think the Warriors are in tread water mode. I think that you've got a team that's going to be trying to do everything they can to just just get into the playoffs and then hope that if they're healthy at that point, they can go make some noise. Um, I've got them starting Steph Curry at the at the one. I mean, that's I think that's clear. I think D'Angelo Russell is there too, but I think there's a lot of interchangeability between D'Angelo Russell and Steph Curry. I think that uh, when Steph Curry heads, heads to the, bu- the bench, D'Angelo Russell is clearly their, their point guard, and that's how they're going to roll there. You're going to have two interchangeable guards. Uh, at small forward, I think it's going to have to be Alfonso McKinney. I think he's going to be the guy they turn to. Power forward still going to be Draymond. I do think they run him at center. At times, they'll play small ball. And then at the actual center spot, I like Kevon Looney. I think that's who they're going to stick with there for their starting five, which, look, overall, it's not a bad starting five. I mean, look at what they did with with KD rebounding it and flipping that into D'Angelo Russell. I think that was a, a brilliant move because it keeps them in the mix. Now, look, D'Angelo Russell isn't a great fit long term, you could argue. Because you've got Curry already, uh, because Clay Thompson eventually is going to come back, and then is D'Angelo Russell the kind of defender you really need in that lineup? No, it's not ideal. It's not perfect. It's not like they went and just grabbed somebody out there, the 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 guy that they wanted, and brought him in and said, okay, we're slotting you in for KD, and now everything is good. They just saw a talented player that was available because the Nets were going to part ways with them anyway, and they figured, look, now we've got talent. Maybe eventually they move D'Angelo Russell, but I still like the move for the Golden State Warriors because for the time being it gives them enough talent to stay in the hunt even if the fit isn't perfect and then eventually clay thompson's going to come back and they can kind of try to make some waves from there um look again it's not a perfect starting five it's not a starting five that's going to scare every team in the league or anything like that but it's good enough i think to at least keep them in the mix and that's commendable at this point yeah i'm i'm with you and that's what i think the goal is here is to stay competitive in the Western Conference to stay um, in there so that by the time Thompson gets back, you can be, you know, a team that maybe gets in the playoffs. And if they do, not to use the old cliche, but all of a sudden if they're the seventh or eighth seed and you're the one or two seed, you're like, I don't yeah. want to have to deal with this. Like, cause no. we all know, you know, Curry could win a couple games all by himself, you know, just with his shooting and scoring ability. I think Russell is – is fine for a year. It also gives them, as has been much bandied about, it does give them a very good big contract that can be traded. Right. They could bring in two guys or another star down the line that fits in better with those guys. Draymond Green's a free agent after the season. My assumption would be they'll do what it takes to retain him as their, you know, kind of their their uh, three man uh, trio there of Curry Thompson and Green is what they're going forward with. I which, think we might which see they them- want a title with. Absolutely, I mean, yeah. There, you can't write yeah, that off. That's it. You know, and I think you could play those three and Russell together mm-hmm. quite a bit, you yeah. know, because Thompson's big enough to play the three. There's no reason why he can't uh, play the three. I do think I'm going to go slightly different in the starting five. I think they're going to start Collie Stein. Okay. Um, the, the reason why is I think – I don't think he's a guy who – you want to be bringing off the bench. I think you need to have him engaged right away in games. And if you remember for um, a while when they started Festus Azili or even Andrew yep. Bogut, right. they would make all these these um, 
efforts to get them involved mm-hmm. early in games to make sure you had them going. And get something um, I think that's what you see. Yeah, you know, and then, then you go with that. And I think Looney's just so good and comfortable in that backup role coming off the bench that so you can can leave him there and feel pretty good about that, um, bringing him off the bench. So I think, you know, overall I, I like, you know, this. The depth is where I worry a little. Another injury, that's yeah. it. You know, that's going to kill them. Um, you know, so you're kind of looking at it from from there. So I've got Looney coming off the bench. Then I've got Robinson, Burks. And then it's just whatever number of the young guys step forward. And I know a lot of people are like, well, they'll get somebody on the bio again. They can't. They can't. They, this is it. This is pretty much this team. Unless they make a trade where you see even money going out and coming back. They are pretty, pretty well stuck. This is probably what it's going to be. Um, so with that in mind. They're over under 47.5. That's feels like 48 wins. Yeah. Should be a comfortable playoff team, but mm-hmm. in this insanely deep Western Conference, that's probably you're probably fighting in the seven to ten range, is mm-hmm. my guess, around 48 wins. What do you think? Is it that I'll I'll just tell you my feelings. It's hard because that number feels really, really right. Yeah, it <laughs> does. Know, for me, and, and credit really, to Vegas, right? Yeah, yeah, right. So I'm gonna go. Slightly under. Okay. I will go with 46-47 wins for these guys. That That's the respect level I have for Curry Green and Steve Kerr. Um, and I do think they will get Thompson back, and I think Russell will be fine there. But I'm going to go slightly under just the depth of the Western Conference too too much yeah. to go over. So my take on that, and one of the things that I like to caution people with when they say – and when we're looking at over-under – you can't like if you're if we're saying the the line is 48 wins or 47 and a half right you can't say oh the warriors are going to hit 55 wins without also thinking about who's losing those wins right yeah. there's not an infinite infinite number out there right you have to think of some other teams that are going to be losing wins as well so it's not just how good is this Warriors team? It's how good is the competition around them? And if you look at the Western Conference, it's ridiculous. It is so deep and scary. I mean, look at, I mean, teams like the Sacramento Kings that were very, very good last season. That's going to be like a bubble playoff team. And, and I think that, uh, that they're more talented than that, right? I mean, this is a, these are oh, good yeah. teams in the West. So I'm actually going oh, to. Go- sorry, on that topic, yeah. just sorry. I just, cause this thoughts in my head sure. is. They are – there's in the Western Conference, I think there's two bad teams, yep. Memphis and Phoenix. That's it. I think everybody else could be good. And you could even talk me into if everything breaks right for Phoenix, maybe, maybe. You know, no, I'm not – that's – I've been saying there. that for 15 years. <laughs> so, yeah, so I think they're going to be bad. Yeah. But that's it. You know, everybody else, very easily I can be like, yeah, I didn't see them in the playoffs. Yep. Yeah, without you don't have to really sell me at all on any of these teams because because they they've either got one transcendent talent or they've got two or three really good guys and you know these things. So I interrupted you just as you were about to make your over under pick, but I just had to get that thought in there that you know, gosh, these teams are the West just it's insane. Yeah, no, all, all good. But the, the bottom line is that the Western Conference is going to be beating the hell out of each other all season. That's just that's what's going to happen. And the, given the fact that the Warriors, I don't love their depth. I think that's an issue. I think that you've got mm-hmm. uh, Steph Curry has gotten a little bit banged up in the past. You're in, you're incorporating a new center, potentially a starter, uh, based on your list in in Kali Stein. Um, I do think you're going to get a lot out of Draymond Green because contract year Draymond. I think that's going to be a thing here. He's going to be yep. a free agent. He's going to be probably the big free agent in the 2020 free agent class. There's not a whole lot out there. Mm-hmm. I'm still I'm going to go under uh, a little bit. I think that this team is going to take a little bit of time to gel. And more so than just, oh, you lost Clay's three-point shooting, you lost KD and everything that he does, uh, I think people tend to look too much at the offensive end. I'm looking at what they lost on the defensive end, yeah. also losing Sean Livingston, also losing Iguodala. Then you throw in Clay for a good chunk of the season. Then you add in KD on that end of the floor, and you're replacing them with a guy like D'Angelo Russell, who I like a lot. But defense is not his forte at this point, at this stage in his career. So I think they're going to be giving up a decent amount of points, even with a defender like Draymond on the floor. So yeah, I'm going to go the under. I think there's some bumps in the road coming for Golden State, but uh, not ready to, to dismiss them completely. I still think they're a playoff team. Yeah, it, it, it's tough. I'm still sorting out exactly where I see everybody, you know, playoff team, not not a playoff team. But I think they're, they're firmly going to be in the mix. Again, that's my, that's my respect level that I have uh, for those for you know kind of the the 
the stars that they have there and the coach. Uh, you know, it's just, you know, it's it's tough. And then I wonder with this team, this is where we're going to find out how much did, did Iguodala mean to them as a voice in the, the locker room, kind of the guy. He was usually the guy that would pull Draymond Green aside along with Sean Livingston and those kind of things. Clay Thompson did a lot of that on occasion. I think he was kind of like one of the quiet leaders there. And, and when you're not playing, there's a lot of time you're not even going to be around the team. You know, so I think, think this is going to be tough. I, I, I worry that Draymond's going to feel like it's all on him to make things happen this year and he's going to really be pushing and um, you know, that, that could get him frustrated and those kind of things. So, so we'll see, but I'm with you right in the mix for the playoffs. I'm just not, I, you know, 47 and a half, I got to feel pretty good that you can get to 50 and 50 wins, I think is asking a lot out of this group. So, all right. um, I'll go first this time. Thumbs up or thumbs down on just kind of their, their off season. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go with a thumbs down. Oh, I'm on this one. Raise it up so you can really see it. My reason is just you lose Kevin Durant. They didn't get it. Durant was hurt. Um, Clay Thompson's not going to be there. That's nobody's fault, even though they re-signed him. Mm-hmm. I just think they lost too much. And, again, I like D'Angelo Russell. I think they did as good as they could do. But when you look at it, I mean, who's getting excited about Alec Burks and Glenn Robinson the third? Right? That's not – that's not – and it's nothing against those guys. They're just – you know, they are – are uh ninth tenth men at best right and they gotta be this team's like sixth seventh eighth guys um in that range so you know so we'll we'll see i think you know well one of the things i'm excited about is we always say i just want to see steph take 40 shots in a game where he's got it going <laughs> he might not we do might that get to, right we might get to see that happen this year but, but yeah i'm going thumbs down what about you yeah so i am at this let me do roman style here okay so <laughs> so at this point like I'm conflicted on this because a lot of this isn't their fault, right? The Golden State Warriors, they look, Kevin Durant decided he wanted to be a Brooklyn Net, decided he wanted to team up with Kyrie. That's, that's not something that Golden State did, unless you're buying into the whole, they, they didn't, uh, properly address his injury. Maybe you can say that, but otherwise the Golden State Warriors seem to have done everything right, but I still got to go thumbs down on this offseason just based on, on what they did, and it felt like some panic moves and moving, uh, moving Andre Iguodala and, and paying with future picks and all that, because I think there is some real downside here. And you look at what's going to happen next summer. Let's say Draymond goes somewhere else. It's not like this team suddenly has a bunch of cap room to play with. Then you're left with no Draymond, and you have a team with Curry, Clay Thompson, and D'Angelo Russell, who maybe they keep, maybe they don't. This team could be headed downward very, very quickly if things don't go their way with the Draymond free agency. There is a way they can bounce back here, but I don't think they've set themselves up all that well for the future. Um, they do have some guys on long-term deals that are that are pretty cheap, but overall, they they bounce back a little bit. They did the best that they could, but it's no longer like I'm looking at this team and thinking, oh man, they're set up now and in the future. I'm more worried about what it's going to look like a few years down the road because uh, it could get pretty bad pretty quick. Yeah, it's, it is. um, Yeah, I'm there. I'm just trying to collect my thoughts. It's, it's also, I think the, uh, the challenge that comes in for these guys is Curry's not getting any younger. Yeah. Uh, And and those guys are always going to be good, right? I mean, I'm not saying they're going to suddenly be the bottom of the league or anything like that. But but if you you lose a Durant, right, you lost him last season, you go and you lose lose Iguodala, right, because you feel like you have to get D'Angelo Russell, so you're moving him, you move Livingston, okay, maybe that was a good move. But but then you lose Draymond too the next season, you chip away at this. Uh, They lost to Marcus Cousins as well. I'm just saying you take a little bit and a little bit and a little bit and suddenly you're really just Steph and, and Clay and then maybe D'Angelo Russell. That's that's hard. That's tough. Yeah, and you're hoping you're mining for gold, you know, with, mm-hmm. with Pascal, Poole, uh, Smiley Geach, maybe one of those guys turns into something, you know, for you, like kind of Looney did and, mm-hmm. and you go for it. But yeah, it, it's really tough. So, you know, so we'll, we'll see. You know, it's, uh, they're, they're not going to be must watch TV. I don't think no. anymore. I think now you can fully set your, uh, just watch Twitter for somebody, one of the Warriors beat guys or somebody to be like, Steph's doing Steph stuff and then, then you flip can over. flip over, yep. you know, but, but you, you know, 
know, and, and the good news is there might be a couple other teams for us East Coasters to watch out there on the West Coast that, Just a few. at night who might might be all right this year. So, you know, I th- th- think you're fine in that ten, that, that dreaded 1030 uh, Eastern window, you know, when you're, when you're struggling to keep the eyes awake. I think you're okay with, you know, the two LA teams, Portland and Sacramento, I think, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're, we're looking pretty, pretty good there. So, all right, you ready for, to run the randomizer? I'm ready. Let's find out who our <laughs> subjects see. are going to be next week. We need one East team, one West team. Let's do it. Might need a sound effect for this. How we future. do? We need. I'll come up with that. That's going to be on my to do list. <laughs> this is too funny, and I promise, guys, completely random. Totally promise. The East team, Toronto Raptors. All right. West team, L.A. Clippers. <laughs> are you serious? <laughs> Totally serious. I'm I'm not joking at all. I can show you where wow. where it was. I just have the teams plugged in one through fifteen, and uh, if you know how to use the random in, in Excel, that's all I did, and and there it is. So Toronto and L.A. or as, L.A. Clippers. As soon so. as you said Raptors, I went, oh god, it's going to be the Clippers, isn't it? And sure enough, <laughs> sure it enough, is. it was. So, so the Raptors and the Clippers. Those teams aren't yeah. connected in any particular way. That's no, for sure. yeah. I wish I could make it up that day. <laughs> I'm not smart enough to pick those teams on my own. So, so yeah, no, I th- think that'll be fun. That'll be fun to get get into. So um, we are going to figure out just for everybody kind of listening, watching, we're going to figure out how to pull it off because I'm going on vacation at the end of this week, um, a little family vacation. I'm going to try to do as little basketball uh, work as I can. I owe that to my family for all that they sacrifice uh, for this nonsense throughout the course of the, the year. So, you know, we'll, we'll figure it out, though. We'll come at you. Maybe, maybe no video. Video, maybe just some audio mm-hmm. um maybe you'll get a distracted me if you're in the washington dc area and you see me uh running around probably at that point getting yelled at by my family for spending too much time on my phone um that, that'll be me uh, but we're going to be in washington dc checking out uh some of our uh, history there and uh some stuff there we're super excited because this is a first trip for my daughter and i have driven through and around dc multiple times making the trip from from massachusetts to florida but not, never spent any time there so looking forward to it cool well that'll be that'll be a fun trip for you and uh maybe you can check in on wizards fans and take their take their temperature while, <laughs> your while you're there it. see how everything's doing there um, yeah they're feeling about john wall and yes. Bradley Beal and all that yeah we'll see i maybe i check in on for you i'll check in on uh mo wagner and please do uh, isaac Ponga and jamario jones yeah okay i'll see, see how those can... guys are holding up <laughs> yeah there it is <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, thanks, everybody, for, for watching and listening. Appreciate it. And, of course, make sure you come back next week where we're going to be talking about the Toronto Raptors and L.A. Clippers because fate has apparently put them together even on this show. Can't wait. Uh, guys, make sure you follow Keith on Twitter at KeithSmithNBA. You can follow me at Trevor underscore Lane. Uh, Keith, final thoughts? Uh, you follow the show at front office show. Uh, I should have said that one. Um, you know, with that, uh, ratings and reviews, a bunch of people did uh, ratings and a couple of reviews over the last uh, week or so. Really, really appreciate that. Those are super important. Yep. Um, that helps helps get the show out there. Tell a friend. Um, we're going to be here all summer as it goes quiet for a lot of other people. Trevor and I are going to be here. We, we've got it. Um, obviously we don't have the teams mapped out, but we've got mapped out when we're going to do two teams versus three teams, but we will hit on all 30 teams. So if you're, if you're a general NBA fan, this is right up your alley. If you're looking for your specific team, we will get to them. I promise. Uh, you know, so we we're super excited to be doing this. Um, and then, uh, loosely we'll, as we get closer to the, to the season actually starting, um, for some of the more interesting teams, we can bring in some team experts, uh, people who cover those teams, be writers and the like to bring them in to kind of give you a little bit more of an inside uh, uh, knowledge of what's going on with those teams. It's super excited. We're going to be here for you all through the NBA dead time and leading up to the World Cup and all that kind of stuff. We're too, super excited um, for, for everything to go. So thanks for, for listening and all those ratings and reviews and all that good stuff. All right. So that about wraps things up for today. Guys, don't forget to support the the shows that have been or the organizations that have been supporting us. And that's CLNS Media and LakersNation.com. Till next time. See ya.